Hi, this is Haley Beebe, the Carveline Color Admin. Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Janus. All right, Paul, here we are again. Time number three. I'm ready. You're ready? I'm ready. That's all you got? You're ready? That's all I've There's got. There's no more banter? No. That's the no. entire banter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you do multiple ones in a day, it's hard to come up with small talk. <laughs> yeah, new banter is difficult. When we can make fun of the people watching us. That's what comedians would do, right? <laughs> yeah, but I could handle making fun of Damon. I would be afraid to make fun of Samantha. She'll get you. Yeah, I know. See, you know where you stand now, right, Damon? <laughs> and he's got like a foot on her and 100 pounds, and we'd rather pick on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's get right to it. We're going to talk with one of our sales representatives. I know that you guys hear sales representatives, and you're like, hey, this is a technical podcast, but this is one of our most experienced, best technical guys that we have out in the field. He's a true asset for Carbline. We'd like to welcome Kyle Smith to the show. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? Very good, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate <laughs> and, it. And Damon's excited. <laughs> <laughs> because we left him alone. Yep, pretty much. So, Kyle, yes, we want to talk about some 100% solids, Novolac epoxies, and their use in the oil and gas industry. So, so let's talk a little bit about kind of their main use in an oil tank. So basically, guys, when you're looking at the interior of a, of a like a crude tank, standard crude tank for a, for a facility, you're basically going to do the floor and three feet up the shell because that's where the water collects and that's where the corrosion takes place, right? We also get a lot of different chemicals and different things that go in these tanks, and we find that the Novolax, of course, have really outstanding performance, chemical resistance, impact and abrasion resistance, and so a lot of times for severe service, that's where we want to go. Lots of Novolax in the market space, but the, the true difference that we focus on is application. So one of the things that you just mentioned, Kyle, was we only do the floor and three feet up the wall because that's where the water is. It's an important thing to mention because I don't know that everybody recognizes the amount of water that is actually in crude oil. And when we talk about, you know, you'll hear the difference between sweet and sour crude. One of the things that sours it is sulfur content. That's correct. So we'll find uh, sulfuric acid corrosion in the bottom of the tanks that when we open up older tanks that were never coated. That's usually where we see the most issues with sulfuric acid corrosion. The other thing, too, is a lot of the crude, like in Southern California, where I'm located, is coming from ships. And so the ships are pumping it off, and they actually use water to clean the lines when they're done. So they're putting water into those tanks. So, again, we, we treat the it bottom. Makes it even worse. Correct. You said we go in, we see this corrosion in the bottom of it, which really, that's going to lead to additional problems when they go back in to try to do relining of these tanks or they do repairs. What have you seen as some of the helpful characteristics in doing repairs on these kinds of tanks or relining of this bottom portion? So basically... Most of the facilities are, are, are lining their tanks. They, that's kind of standard practice now. They understand that they don't want that underside corrosion. They don't want to have a hole. They don't want to have a leak. We don't want an environmental issue. So we'll go in. They'll inspect the existing coating. We'll determine if we can save it or if we have to remove it. They'll go in and inspect all their welds. They'll do UTs, look at thicknesses, make their repairs. That's when the coating applicator then comes in and has to blast the floor and install the lining. So I know you've recently had some success with uh, some filling compounds and 
basically resurfacing compounds before you even come in with the lining material. If you look at a standard lining, like a thick film, unreinforced, 20 to 30 mils, what we find in a pitted surface, if we use a filling compound or a resurfacer or a flow primer, that it significantly reduces the amount of holidays we have when we put the actual lining in. If we just line through that pitted surface and we go do our holiday detection, we find a lot of pinholes. If we resurface first on really pitted surfaces, and then we put our lining in, significantly less pinholes, less repairs. And, you know, where that comes in is, has to do a little bit with the edge retention around the pits. You know, you, you think about it, you can have those really sharp and narrow edges at those pits and the and, and coatings themselves, even if they have good edge retention, it's a big challenge. So that's where those flow primers come in. And for Carboline, we'll go ahead and mention it, it's the uh, Tank Shield FP. That's correct. And it does a really good job of flowing into the pits and filling in those pits so that our 100% solids liner uh, does a good job over the top. Well, and what you'll also find too is some of the pits are really small and so it's really easy for the lining to go over and bridge that hole and now you've got air entrapment underneath and you may not catch that in holiday detection if you if they put a lot of material down maybe they've gone a little heavy so we really you know in the in the past we would squeegee or back roll and that does a decent job but we've seen instances where even after we do that we're still seeing pinholing so getting something that really wets out and it gets into the into the smaller diameter hole is really important. And really, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to minimize the labor aspect of it so that that way uh, an applicator doesn't have to get bogged down in the nuanced details of how to do it, and they just get the job done. That's correct. So we talked about it with some of the... There's a couple different ways to go with these pits, right? You said there's the, the flow primers, like we said, which is our you know Tank Shield FP. And then sometimes you have to go with like a flexible material. Um, and, and typically it's 100% solids epoxy as well, but when would be a good so use of that? Oftentimes if we're doing the shell, so sometimes we will go farther up than three feet. It's some certain services or if they actually, the sludge tank for instance, where the, where the bottoms get filled up quite a bit with sludge, they may go up 10 feet. If we have a really pitted surface on that wall and it's a vertical, having a, an epoxy primer that we can spray and, and basically back roll and trowel in is a lot faster than trying to do everything by hand. So we'll do 100 solids high build products we also have a lot of riveted tanks, and the rivets love to leak. So we'll use 100 solids epoxy uh, caulking material to caulk out the rivets first before we install the lining. Yeah, and that flexible material will adjust, you know, those bolted rivets, there's always movement. They flex. They flex. So that, that flexible material prevents any kind of cracking of the coating. That's correct. So now let's talk about when we have to do like a complete repair of that tank bottom. That gets a little, a little hairy. So if it's bad enough, they'll put in a new bottom. And, that, and actually, since we're in Long Beach today and we're close to El Segundo, they call that the, the uh, El Segundo double bottom, just for those of you that want to get into the tank world. Uh, and uh, they put an HCP liner in, they put uh, cement in, and then they put a new tank floor in. And that's the El Segundo double bottom. Seriously. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like there's I, like so a, many places to go with this. Yeah. And I'm, most um, of them have nothing to do with paint. No, there's lots of jokes there. <laughs> but unfortunately, we have an HR department. <laughs> <laughs> and they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. But somebody He's not here tell. today. Yeah, no, he left. So I want to talk a little bit now. I mean, anybody who's listened to this podcast, you heard Paul and I run a commercial for our new Plasite 4550HT. And I even had one of the sales reps tell me because we ran that commercial so frequently, like, <laughs> we get it. But I don't 
Like, you know, every once in a while, a, a true gem comes along, right? And, and we want to highlight some of the things. So, you know, you hear Paul and I talk about it, but it's nice to talk about it with somebody who lives it, breathes it, is in the field with it all the time. So, Kyle, let's talk about some of those advantages. Where, where have you seen the wins with so, this product? So the biggest thing that I see in linings, when you, when you take a look at the 100 solids Noble Axe the, in the market space, they all have really excellent performance characteristics. You know, I, I like to tell people, look, everybody has good paint, right? Right. It really is. It, we say it too. It's, it's you know, the, the the key with this product, when you take a look at some of the older technologies from the 80s that didn't wet out very well, were a little bit difficult to, to mix and apply, you know, very uh, long dry times, and also very short recoat windows and a mean blush. And all of those things are a challenge for the applicator. Once the product's, you know, cured out, it's great, it does all its stuff. It lasts forever. That's correct. But the uh, the applicator has to do a lot of things to make that successful. With the newer technologies and the way that we've developed these products, they wet out significantly better. We don't have the amine blush. We have contrasting colors now, so you can actually see a ratio issue on the gun. And we've had that happen. Part B plugs up, the guy in the gun immediately comes off of it. Instead of having two or three sheets that we have to go back and scrape off now, we only have a small little area to fix. And that's a huge advantage for the applicator, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The other thing that I like about that is if your mixing wasn't 100% correct, you'll actually see a change in color on the floor and you'll know, hey, something's not right here. So mm -hmm. that's, that's another huge advantage. And then the biggest thing that I've seen is we used to have a 24-hour recoat window. Southern California, during the summer, a tank could be 110 degrees on the inside. That recoat window gets real short. Sure. So now the guys are going in. They're cleaning up a mean blush. They're having to abrade. They're having to do all their repairs. It's 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 a hassle. With the newer technologies, we have a 60-day recoat window at 100 degrees. So now I can come in a week later, two weeks later, just clean it up with some acetone or a, a solvent and do my repair. Also a huge advantage in the rafters. Some tanks we do the entire interiors. Uh, especially ethanol tanks, right? Sure. Yeah. Rafters are always a challenge. Summertime, 115, 120 degrees up there. We're spraying. If you had the older technologies, you had that short recoat window, you could miss your tie-in. If you miss your tie-in, you're cracking a nozzle. That's a huge cost. Yep. With the with the newer stuff, we got 60 days. We got all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, Kyle, I know that like Paul and I, you've. Uh, caught a little bit of a cold in, in, in the last second. So I really appreciate you taking the time and being a trooper. For those of you who know Kyle, you may be thinking he sounds a little bit different. And I that, do and not sound why. like myself. <laughs> yeah, he's... So thank you very much for joining the show, Kyle, and uh, we appreciate it. Hey, guys, this was really fun. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And so for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. support.